Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. Welcome to another episode of Who I Do, the podcast that understands how grief sneaks up while you're planning your wedding or navigating other really big moments in your life. This is one of those things they don't really talk to you about or discuss when you get engaged. But trust me, it is a very, very real thing that you might have to deal with. And, you know, you're in this new stage of life and it's already overwhelming because wedding planning is a whole bag and chips of just stuff to deal with. But you may be going through all of that as you're trying to process maybe some really hard feelings, right? Like maybe it hits you when you're picking out your wedding dress and you realize somebody's not there. Or maybe it creeps up when your DJ asks, what song are you going to play for your father-daughter dance? And you're like, that man has never been in my life, my entire life. Or, you know, it could even appear in the form of jealousy where maybe you're a wedding guest and the wedding you attend had a very healthy budget and you are thinking of all the things you wish you could have had. So if any of that feels familiar to you, or even if those experiences didn't necessarily happen to you, but maybe you're mourning the loss of a loved one or the absence of a relationship or the things that could have been, just know that this episode is truly going to be for you. So saying all that to say, the guest that we have on the show with us today is going to help us deal with all of those very heavy and complex feelings. Guess, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you again, ladies, for having me on. To all of the listeners, my name is Edie King-Lawrence. I am a licensed professional counselor in the states of Pennsylvania and Delaware. I'm also an author and an adjunct educator, and I'm, I'm happy to be with you guys today. We're so happy to have you on. Yes, so happy, and I love your shirt. So Jesus, therapy and healing. We are so in need of having this episode. I think it's definitely, as I just said, something that isn't discussed a lot, but it's something that I think everyone feels in some form or fashion as they're navigating their wedding planning process. Absolutely. Um, And maybe it's not even that complex, but maybe it's just a minor thing where it's like grandma passed away and that was your homie. You know, maybe she's gone over 20 years ago, but you're just being reminded as you're surrounded by all your family that like, dang, I wish she was here. But for others, it is a heavier thing that looms over them. And sometimes they don't know how to make, you know, with all these feelings and stuff like that. So really excited that we're going to have you want to discuss all that. But before we get into that, we do want to get to know you a little bit more. So tell us kind of like, where are you from? And how long have you been in your like line of work? Sure, absolutely. I was born and raised in Philadelphia. I will be a Philly girl all day long. So born and raised in like the Southwest section of Philadelphia. I am recently, I think it may actually be today the seventh. So it's probably three years today being a Delaware resident. So my husband and I, we settled in Delaware, which isn't far from Philadelphia. But like I said, I will always be a Philly girl. So yes, born and raised in Philly. I have been in the work of counseling 
for about nine years now. Um, I've worked in the counseling and, and human service field, and it's been about two and a half to three years that I've had my own private practice, uh, King Counseling Services. So I've been doing it in that way for about three or so years now, but in the field itself for about nine years. Wow. So you are very, very experienced and we cannot wait to get started talking <laughs> about all this. Oh, yeah. It is time for everyone's favorite game, your favorite Instagram game, this or that, where basically you pick between one or the other and you explain why. Y'all know we have been doing this now for like three years. And because Edie is our very special guest, she will go first. From there, Tania will answer and then I will and then we'll start back over before we dive all into these questions. So I feel like, you know, this season, we've been kind of mild so far. So wanted to razzle-dazzle it up with uh, the game. (laughs) So which one would you prefer to have in your wedding party? The bridesmaid that makes everything about her, but she's actually the perfect person to travel with. Or the bridesmaid that is just like really, really nice to you, but she's very socially awkward to everyone else, like to the point where it's very uncomfortable to be around her. Yeah, I will probably say... This is hard. Like I, I, I mean, see both sides, right? For the sake of like wedding party, I would probably say the latter girl, the one who may, who's really nice, right? But like just maybe a little socially awkward. I'll say her because I would imagine. So my husband and I, we did not have a wedding yet, right? We got married legally and we may still be having a wedding. And we've already talked about that we don't want a wedding party. And that's another, we both have really large families and that's a whole thing, right? So with that, even if I were to, if I did plan on having a wedding party, I would probably go with the one who is more socially awkward. And that is because the the loved ones and the friends and the family that I would probably have, they would respond well to it, right? Like they would be inclusive and be kind and, you know, just be their crazy selves, right? So I think that that would be a lot easier to deal with instead of the me, me, me person, mostly because right now it's not about you. Um, This is, you know, you're, you're a participant in this wedding. And the other part is that just considering everybody else who may have to deal with that as well, right? So kind of like going with the lesser of the two evils. So yeah, I think I think that's my answer. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I am still stuck because <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, right? Yes, I do not like this little razzle dazzle that you just threw at us, Ashley. But the first girl will get on my nerves because when you're the bride, it's your time to be selfish, not in a bridezilla type way, but you know, it's your time to shine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if there's someone in your bridal party, that's like, oh, well I did it this way. Like no one cares Mm -hmm. because it's not about you. So Mm -hmm. I think I would also choose the girl who is really, really nice, but Mm -hmm. she's a little awkward around everyone because all my friends, I mean, they have their quirks as well. So, and so I feel like we would all be able to gel well, you know, so yeah, that's who I'm going to choose because, because I don't know about that first one. How about you? Yeah. 
I actually agree with y'all. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the socially awkwardness, you know, you know the person. Like, you've only got to deal, like, with that person in crowds, mixed crowds, in a very, like, succinct timing, right? Like, they're not going to be around each other all the time. But as long as, like, everyone's respectful, I think we're fine. But if it's someone that's always, like, centering themselves, because even though, yes, a lot of the, you know, wedding party stuff or planning is about the bride or about the groom or, you know, whomever is getting married, there are moments where it may be about a bridesmaid or a maid of honor or somebody, you know, coming together to do something. Mm -hmm. So it can't always be about that person. And I think that's just harder to deal with as an adult versus someone that's socially awkward because everyone can just like ration why someone's awkward in their head. Mm -hmm. Okay. So round two. So would you prefer, and again, trying to kind of frame this as from kind of outside looking in so not really something you're experiencing but maybe something someone you know is experiencing so which situation would you prefer to help with you know you're the bridesmaid rather Mm -hmm. the friend's getting married so she realizes that she actually came up five hundred dollars short for her cake and Mm -hmm. it's the last minute and she turns to you for help would you prefer that situation Or would you prefer that the bride comes to you and says, I actually need to kick you out of the wedding in a nice, but Mm -hmm. you can maybe read into it other ways Mm -hmm. type of approach because she has to include a sibling from the person she is marrying into Mm -hmm. the wedding instead. That's a really interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) I, that's tough. Um, I would probably prefer, I may like to believe that I, I can be pretty understanding and pretty flexible. With that being said, I would probably go with the one who explains to me that they have to kick me out. With the caveat, right? If I have already paid for my dress, paid for whatever, whatever money I've put out in order to be in this wedding, I may need to be refunded. Um, or I may ask to be refunded or, Mm -hmm. you know, the person that's replacing me, maybe we can make some type of arrangements for them to, if they can fit my dress, whatever it is, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is there a way for there, for me to be compensated? As far as the time that I put in, I know I can't be compensated for my time, but if I can be compensated for the money, I'm I'm absolutely going, absolutely going to ask that. Um, I may like to believe that like, I would, like I said, I would be understanding enough to be like, you know what, girl, I get it. I know that, you know, his family is X, Y, and Z. This is your wedding. I just want to be there to support you. Right. Like, and I want to say that I, I would say that regardless of who the friend is, right. That I would just be understanding and stand in agreement and in support of what, what they want to do. And I would be like, okay, so what do I do with all this stuff that I just invested into? Right. Like, and I would hope that they would be equally understanding and either trying to reimburse me or making it so that the other person can like, you know, pay me for, to take my spot. So I was, I was just wanted to maybe be fair and hopefully it would be fair. And if it's not fair, then I would just like maybe have to take it on a chin, try not to take it personally. Um, you know, go with the flow and like, all right, like, uh, thank you for asking me initially. I get how things change and you know, it is what it is. Like, that's how I want to say that I would be. <laughs> <laughs> how it might really go down. Well, no, but that's how, that's how I would want to be. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> it's like I want to be mature, but yeah. well, I know how to, you know. But I'm gonna need my money back. Yeah, yeah. It's like two Bring weeks before the wedding. Yeah, she's right. like, what the heck is this? You know, so yeah. So Tania, how are you going to go? I think I would rather my friend tell me that she didn't want or like she was replacing me with someone else. But I didn't even think about the financial aspect because you've already spent money on the shoes because, you know, these days, you know, they say get your dresses early. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like I probably already have a hair appointment set. I probably have already paid for my makeup if the bride is not paying for the makeup. So, yes, I mean, I think I would still want to be there, but I would be sitting in the audience. So I'm going to wear my dress. I'm going to get my makeup done. I'm going to get my hair done. <laughs> but I'll just be in the audience. You know, I'll get the questions. Oh, were you part of the bridal party? Yes. yes, but she replaced me with someone else. And I'm fine with that. But I will be in full gown. Yes, because my husband's going to look at me crazy. Like, so you paid all this money and you're not going to get it back? You're going to okay. be like, so I need to show up at nine for the makeup? Because... So maybe I'm sitting in the night. I'm still right, right. <laughs> I don't feel my deposit. Oh, I'm getting exactly. something. I'm wearing this dress. I'm wearing these shoes. <laughs> that is so funny. But I will sit in the audience. I have no problem with that. But I mean, you know, as a bride, you're already tapped out, you know, right. financially. I didn't even think about it from that perspective either. Um yeah, I guess I'm with y'all as well. Like, yeah, especially if I've already bought this dress. All right, we well, I guess this is where we are. Okay, let's keep it rolling. Um, photographer, you can include me in these pictures because at some point she did yep. <laughs> think of me to be good enough. <laughs> be bridesmaid, so you don't have to walk me down or do nothing like that. It's fine. Right. Just photo bombing, we, like I'm in here. Exactly, exactly. That's hilarious. I love how we were all like, "We're not helping you pay for a wedding cake, ma'am." Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> not something that's going to go possibly in the trash. Yeah, quiet as a skip. Yeah, because now everybody eats the cake. Right, mm-hmm. people going to be too drunk and too full from regular food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The plate's going. It's going to be all cut up, and the plate's just going to sit there. So, exactly. yeah. Sis, or someone would take a bite and mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. $500 down the drain. Or one bite. <laughs> Get somebody Mm-mm. else to do it. <laughs> okay, we are all on the same page. So I already have a good feeling about the conversation we're about to have. But <laughs> as I mentioned, we're talking about that was a lighter period for us as we're about to go into something that's a little bit heavier, discussing grief and mourning and all of the complex feelings around wedding planning. But to basically start, just kind of like do a level set. What is it about like these moments that can unravel these feelings? I think that's a really great question. And I think I want to maybe start with first saying that grief is more or less like I think a lot of times when people think about grief, they just think about sadness, right? And they think about crying and they mostly think about death, right? Like when people think of grief, they in most cases associate it automatically with death. But grief is really our system's response to change. That is all it is, right? Like I can grieve getting a new bed because my body remembers what it was like to have my old bed, even if like this new bed is better and the mattress is is better, right? And softer, right? Mm -hmm. But grief 
is in its simplest form, it is our system's adjustment to change. So our mind, our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, our responses, we're just adjusting to that. And that's the response that we have. It shows up in in the form of grief. So it could be crying. It could be sadness. It could be depression. It could be, it could be a lot of different things, right? So with it being our system's response to change, when you think about wedding planning and when you think about, you know, having a wedding, there are a million different things going on, right? Constantly from the time that you get engaged until that, that I do, until that ceremony, until the end of, until your wedding night, actually, right? And maybe even a little after that, there are a lot of different changes that are happening. And our systems, we thrive off of predictability and we're, we're constantly trying to find homeostasis. Our brains are constantly trying to just like be balanced. So it needs that predictability. It needs that that sense of like, oh, I know what's about to happen. And with grief, it's very uncertain. Like yesterday I was I was somebody's girlfriend. Now I'm somebody's fiance. And now I'm doing this. And now I'm doing this. And now I'm doing this. And I got to think about this. I got to think about cakes and all these things that you weren't thinking about before. You know, obviously not to mention how it impacts your relationships, you know, whether or not people who you wanted to be a part of your wedding, they can, people who have passed on, people who live a distance, right? All of that, I think those are kind of like the low-hanging fruit when we think about grief associated with it, with, with weddings. But in all, it's a shift. It's a big change that's happening with a lot of smaller changes going on on the inside, a lot of moving pieces. So we're grieving because this is, this is a whole life shift. That's a lot. And I don't think people think about all of that, right? Like it's a really happy moment. And that doesn't mean that grief doesn't involve happiness because it it does, right? Like it can be Mm. happiness and joy and relief. It's so multifaceted. And I think we are conditioned to just kind of put it in this box. Like, why are you grieving? Ain't nobody die. You should be happy, right? It's like, well, my life is changing, right? And I got to find somewhere new to live. And I got to think about what it means if you weren't already living with your partner, right? I got to think about what it means to now coexist with this person. And what does it mean to like reconnect with my sister who I really don't want in my wedding, right? Like all of these different things, it's like all of these miniature changes that are happening and we don't always recognize it. So it shows up in that, that you know, emotional expression that we can just label it as grief. You are absolutely correct because now that you have explained it in depth Mm -hmm. like that, I feel like I went through like a little grieving process. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, internally, you know, just because of all the changes that were happening, like a year goes by so fast, you know, you get engaged and then, you know, a lot of times we get married within that year. And Mm -hmm. so even though it was long in some eyes, Mm -hmm. like it went by really, really fast for me. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, I did not think of it as grief. So thank you so much for breaking that down because yeah, we don't really think of it that way. Absolutely. And that grief isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think also grief gets a really bad rap and, um, you know, it's automatically placed in the negative category of like emotions and like mental health responses, but it's not, it's not, it's not good or bad. Emotions aren't good or bad. They just are. Um, And I think as we come to a place where we can understand more about our emotions, we can stop judging them. And that's the practice of mindfulness. But yeah, like we can be in that space of experiencing all of this stuff and like, wow, this is, this is crazy. And not really knowing what to, we don't, we don't always have the language for it. So why do people disappoint us when we expect they should be happy for us? (laughs) 
I love that question. I think I, I'm loving all of these questions so far. And it's it's a lot of really choice words in that question. And I'm wondering like if you guys were really intentional in how you worded that. And I would imagine that you were, right? So disappointment is one of was the, the first one. Why do people disappoint us when we expect them to be happy for us, right? And I think the answer in and of itself, I think it's very multifaceted because disappointment is a very valid emotional response, right? Like when we want something to happen and it doesn't happen, we get disappointed, right? I go to Starbucks and they don't have any more blueberry muffins. Dang, man, I'm disappointed. Now I got to go somewhere else, right? Like disappointment happens, you know? So disappointment is a very real thing. I think when in terms of like our wedding and we expect people to be happy for us, I think that's where the issue happens. And I, this this may be really direct, right? At our at our core, it's because we're selfish, right? Point blank period, right? As humans, not not like Edie, Ashley, and Tania, right? Like, but as humans, right? Like the human race, we are ego-centered, right? And focus on self-interest, right? Like, and that's how we're wired, you know? So if you have an infant or a toddler even, or sometimes like an adolescent, they want what they want when they want it, right? And they have to be socialized to consider the other, right? They have to be socialized to manage their expectations and to, you know, realize that life doesn't always happen how we want it to, right? That we can't always get what we want. So the simple version, the simple answer is like, because we're selfish, right? And we just my wedding and I wanted to be how I want, right? That's that piece. And then I think, you know, sometimes the more complex piece, it, it has to do with the level of investment we put into our relationships. It has to do with our view of self and like how we may view other people because I may have a certain expectation. And now I have I have seven siblings. I may have a certain expectation of one of my siblings and I ain't even going to expect or even think about one of my other siblings doing it. Right. Like that's just, that's just how it is. Right. Like we know people, you know? So I think it's how we view ourselves, the expectations that we may set for ourselves and how we show up in relationships. Cause a lot of times it comes down to, I would never do that to her. And I would have showed up for her. I would have been happy for her. And it's just like, yeah, that's that, that may be true. And we often expect people to show up how we do, right? And again, with selfishness, we show up how we do because of our own self-interest, right? Like we show up how we do for a lot mm. of other reasons. Sometimes it's it's that pride, right? We want to look like the good friend. I've, I've been guilty of that and recovering from that. People pleasing, right? Like I, I don't want anybody to be mad at me, right? So we do a lot of things because of our own stuff. And similarly, people do stuff because of them, right? Like this person didn't show up one day the day after I got engaged and say, how am I going to ruin Edie's life and her wedding? Like they saying that, right? So people aren't just, <laughs> just out here trying to make us upset or trying to disappoint us. Now, with exception, right? Because some people are right. petty and vindictive and all that, right? However, yeah. by and large, that's usually not what's happening. So when we think about like, why can't people just be happy for us? I think that people being happy for us is more of a them problem, right? Like 
Some people don't have the capacity to be happy for others because of where they are. So they may be dealing with their own insecurity and jealousy and comparison, just a lot of different things. Now, it doesn't excuse that behavior. It doesn't it doesn't excuse it. And the disappointment is still there. However, I think in terms of how we manage that disappointment and how we approach it and deal with it and, and whether or not we internalize it, it, that how we see it and how we're thinking of it is really going to help us and, you know, how, how it gets resolved. Because if I think, if I'm this bright, this bright to person and I think that everybody needs to do every single thing I want them to do. And if you come in here, let's say for instance, homegirl got cramps and she kind of got a frown on her face. Now I'm pissed off because I don't even know. I didn't even ask her, honey, how you doing? What's how's your day going? How are you feeling? Right. right. So again, how do I see myself? Right. How do I see and what do I expect of these other people? And, you know, how am I projecting that? Because our expectations, you know, just because we have an expectation doesn't mean it needs to be met, right? Like we can communicate and we can ask and we can do our best. And because we live in this very flawed and imperfect world with flawed and imperfect humans, we have to expect that people will disappoint us. The only person that will never disappoint me is God, right? Like that's the only thing that I know for sure. So with that in mind, it's like, it might come with the territory and, and not to be in this cynical, pessimistic way, but just like having that, that flexibility and being able to go with the flow and, and maybe keeping, staying focused on the bigger picture. Thank you're right. You. Thank you I love how you it. broke it down based on the words that were in that question. Because, yes, it was written that way for a reason. <laughs> Great question. Great question. I love it. Keep them coming. <laughs> All right. So here's another one. How then, and this is something I've seen a lot on, you know, through us doing the podcast, wedding TikTok, wedding Instagram, mm-hmm. wedding everything, right? Sometimes we see some of this at play. So it's like, how can we manage our feelings while trying not to bring down the mood or the celebration, whether we're the bride, the bridesmaid, the wedding guests, whoever it is, because sometimes too, if you're grieving, there's always this time frame, right? Like get over it past this point. If you're still emotionally dealing with whatever this is, you may not be able to. So how can we manage that while also celebrating at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, again, like I said, the ladies, I think these are great questions. And as you can already see, none of these questions have a simple answer. It's, it's, it's complex and it's very individualized. So I think one is, um, just trying to know yourself, right? Like knowing who you are. And I think we are constantly learning that and discovering it. Right. So I don't mean that in like a rigid sense. You got to know who you are. No, I don't don't know who I am every single day. Right. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Um, And I'm constantly learning. Right. Having a sense of uh, understanding of who you are and maybe how you respond to things. Right. Having some awareness of that and, you know, some other awareness, maybe how certain people impact you. So if you know that there are people or groups of people who really bring you a lot of energy, being intentional about spending time with them, right? If you know some people that kind of drain you, being intentional about maybe not spending this much time with them, right? So that's like one example, but like really understanding more about who, understanding where you are and who you are and maybe 
just like having awareness about how all of this is impacting you, you know, in terms of like being in these happy celebrations. So the thing, what it made me think about was like at a bridal shower, right? Or if we're at the bachelorette party or if we're dress shopping, right? So I'm thinking about that when it's not quite the wedding day, but like everybody's expected to like have all this high energy. Um, mm-hmm. I think just just being mindful of where you are, communicating, you know, in, in safe spaces. I absolutely, obviously I advocate for therapy, right? So like having your own safe space to 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 share and unpack those feelings on a regular basis, right? Especially during this high stress, you know, high emotion time period of your life, having a safe space to unload that in because emotions, I don't know the statistic, right? But I read it once. It's like emotions, feelings rather last like milliseconds, right? Like when something happens, a stimulus happens, there is a response, that response that that we experience in our bodies it's it's the feeling right it's like mm-hmm. milliseconds but it's the thoughts and the beliefs and all of the other stuff that we have around that feeling that causes it to remain and now it's this emotion and now I'm in a mood right now I got an attitude right so being like i said being mindful of those different things that can come up just kind of like being present and aware of your body and and communicating right so even if you tell if you're the bridesmaid you tell the bride hey girl i'm really not feeling it today you know like my mom's death anniversary just passed so Maybe I'm going to sit this one out, right? Like communicating and, and asking for, for your needs to be met, asking for help in that way. So whether or not you're asking your spouse or your fiance, whether you're asking your, your bridal party, if you're asking the bride, whomever, whoever it might be, but just communicating and, and, you know, seeing, you know, requesting what you need and allowing people to be there for you. I think, you know, you also mentioned Ashley, like that time frame on grief. I think that's a very, I think it's BS, right? Like there's no, there's no time on grief, right? Like in, in general, we, we have a lot of difficulty with like sitting with our stuff, with sitting with difficult mm-hmm. emotions, right? Like we, we have a difficulty. That's why we have food and drugs and alcohol. Cause I don't want to feel none of this mess, right? Like, so I'm gonna drink it up, eat it up, smoke it up, whatever it up, right? Or party it away, right? Like cranes in the sky. That's what that song was about, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to feel this stuff, right? We have a difficulty. We, we, we can't tolerate sitting with the stress and we especially can't tolerate anybody else sitting with the stress, right? Let homegirl start crying. Uh-uh, here, take these tissues because we don't want to <laughs> deal with it, right? I mean, you know, like we have very low tolerance for other people's distress and very low tolerance for other people's, you know, just when they're in their space. So I think that's like, it's based on society standards. I think that's why we expect like a time limit on grief. Like, all right, your dad died a year ago. Wrap it up, baby girl. You know, like that's why we have that expectation because it's hard, right? Like people don't know what to do. And I mean, I think we've all been there where it's just like, I don't know what to do when somebody's crying, right? Like we know what that experience is like. So if you think about it in that way, I think that's, that that for me that's what explains like that time frame expectation on grief. So if it's been a few months or a few years removed from when this celebration is happening and you still ain't happy, I'm just like like as the other person, you may I may look at that person like what's going on, but when you dig a little deeper and you practice some compassion and you practice some self-reflection, right? You can see like, oh, dad, it is the month of her dad's death anniversary or or this thing did happen or her dad didn't get a chance to walk her down whatever the case might be, right? So mm-hmm. having that understanding and when it's yourself, again, like I said, 
safe spaces are super important. You know, one to two people in your life. I I wouldn't recommend calling everybody up and and talking about it, right? Because it's easy for it to become gossip, even for yourself. Like people don't think that when you're talking about yourself that it's not gossip, but it really is because you're telling the story over and over to yourself, right? And maybe not getting perspective. But I would encourage, you know, having a safe space with counseling or therapy, one or two trusted friends, journaling, you know, just like I said, getting the emotions out, finding appropriate times to share them. And and even if you have to make adjustments like, hey, I'm going to reschedule this or, hey, I'm going to come to this, but I'm only staying for this amount of time. All of that is it, it, it goes into knowing yourself. Thank you so much for joining us today as we delved into the complex and deeply personal journey of grief. We hope this conversation has resonated with you and provided some insights into this universal experience. Grief is something that touches all of us at some point in our lives, and it's essential to remember that it's a process, not a destination. As we conclude this episode, we want to express our gratitude for your time and willingness to explore this topic with us. Join us next week as we continue our conversation on grief in part two of this series. Until then, take care, be kind to yourself, and remember you're not alone in your journey through grief. Don't forget to follow us everywhere you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube. You can find us at H-U-I-D-O-W-E-D, which is who I do wed, or at Pod, which is H-U-E-I-D-O-P-O-D on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huidu.com. There, you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Who I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride-to-be's and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Who I Do speaks to you. 